0: I'll turn your attention to the book of Mark, the 10th chapter. And I will begin about verse number 46. Mark chapter 10. And let's begin about verse number 46. Say amen when you're there. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me and many charged him that he should not that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called and they called the blind man saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I want to preach just a little bit this morning, and I want to pull out of this 46th verse. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples. I want to preach just for a little bit today, if I may. Don't live in the wrong town. Don't live in the wrong town. Let's pray together right now. Father, thank you today. For your word, for the inspiration of your word, I pray this morning, Lord, that as we speak what you have laid upon my heart for today, Lord, that every heart, every mind, every spirit may be touched, and Lord, that your power and your spirit may move freely throughout this room this morning, that every life would be ministered to, strengthened in the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. I read an article recently, and um, interesting, how do people choose where they will live? Do You ever think about that? How do people end up living places? Have you ever been to a place, and you just looked at somebody and said, there's no way possible I could ever live here? Am I the only one that does that? There's no way I could live here. How do people end up living where we live? I've done a lot of traveling in my life. I've been able to uh, travel out of the country many times and travel the country over. I've been able to visit the majority of the states. And... It's interesting. I I love to travel, and I find value in every area and every place that I go to. And there's some places that you go to, and you just say, man, I could live here. You ever feel that way? Man, I could could live here. It's like, because we go, number one, we're on vacation. We're away from work and away from the in-laws. I mean, I mean. You're away from all the normal things and uh, you're relaxed because you're on vacation and you choose the perfect time of the year to go and it's, the weather's nice and everything is beautiful and you're there, you're there because it's a vacation season in a vacation destination. And when you get there, you've forgotten about real life and you're thinking, man, I could just live here. People who live there are thinking, man, you ought to come here at another time of the year. So why do people live where they live? What, How do they end up living where they live? The article that I, I read, uh, it, it was not really startling. It was actually... Uh, pretty simplistic, when it said the number one reason people live where they live is because of family history. It's where they were born, where they were raised. And there is something in the human spirit that does not move too far away from where they were born or where they were raised. Or perhaps family moved to an area when they were young and they marry there and have children there and raise children there and... Now it becomes home. I, being born and raised in southeast Texas, would have never believed that I would have ever lived anywhere but southeast Texas. Having married a young lady from the north, moving to Indiana, which by the way, the second most popular reason that people live where they live is because they marry into a family family from the area, fulfilling the prophetic in my life. I would have never guessed that I would have ever lived in Indiana. What well, there would have been no reason for me to have been here other than my wife's family, and she is fulfilling the number one reason that people live where they are, and that is family history. So then, then they marry into families. And then the third reason that people live where they live, is because of forced job transfers. So in other words, the factory that they work for, the company they work for, closes down and moves to a different part of the country or another part of the state. And uh, people move. They are offered to be able to keep their job if they would like to relocate to another place. And You know, they never relocate jobs to Hawaii. And so it's forced job transfer. But this article was very interesting because the fourth reason that people transfer is, is interesting it is volunteer transfer. And this is the interesting part of society. You know how society changes and customs change uh, over the years, but they are seeing that the, the professionals that study these things are seeing and. An increase; they're seeing a trend began to to develop in volunteer transfer transfers, and so they are they are they're on the increase. They're on the rise. Volunteer job transfers are on the rise because people uh, find out that the same company they work for here also has uh, job opportunities in another area, and there is something that attracts them and makes them want to move there. And so they take a, a volunteer transfer sometimes, um, most of the time. The article said their, their reason for, for moving, uh, they're moving from one job to another job, often the same job. Some will take slight uh, uh, job increases or decreases, and that's kind of uh, mixed across the board. But the, the bottom line reason is they move for a better quality of life. They feel that where they're moving to is a better quality of life. Sometimes they're running to escape from something or to get away from something. Their reputation, maybe their kids have gotten in problems where they are. There's bad influences, wrong friends, in-laws. And so they move for a better family life. And so uh, better schools, better job, uh, better social life, better... Atmosphere, less crime. And then I found this interesting life expectancy. Now, who would have ever thought that where you live would have anything to do with life expectancy? But according to this article, Uh, Life expectancy is part of the reason that people move from one location to another. They find out, well, uh, if I move from from Indiana to Tennessee, it's likely that I live 2.4 extra years, so I'm going to take a job transfer. Now, we all understand that these uh, these, uh, graphs and charts are often blurred, but people often will fall for strange things. And so they see that it's an opportunity, that life expectancy is is greater if they move to the East Coast or or move to the West Coast. And so uh, they find the opportunity and they move. Here, Here is what the article went on to say. Living in the wrong place can be more harmful or even deadly because where you live can actually affect more than just the quality of life, but your life expectancy. Interesting. So I'm thinking about one trip that we took and we were in the country of Bolivia, South America. And there on a mission trip. Um, we were were just absolutely amazed to discover that the life expectancy in Bolivia is very, very short. People die in their late 40s or early 50s. The life expectancy in Bolivia is around 52 years. How many of you want to move to Bolivia real quick? and so of course having the you know having to have my questions answered i began to research why is that is there a genetic factor to this what what is what is the issue of of, of bolivia and why do people die much younger uh, in bolivia and part of the reasoning behind this is that uh, the the vast majority of bolivia is extremely high altitudes and these extreme high altitudes uh, cause people often to have enlarged hearts and the majority of the Bolivians that live uh, in the the far uh, high elevation, the mountainous regions of Bolivia suffer from enlarged hearts because of the low oxygen from the high altitude and they die young. Now I'm thinking of, now that's a major health risk. We went there, and when my wife and I arrived, and when they uh, uh, decompressed the, 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 the plane or whatever it's called, uh, when, when, they start, uh, when they start equalizing the, the pressure and the plane landed, uh, I thought I was getting sick. I looked at my wife. And she's kind of looking at me funny, and I said, "I don't feel good." And she said, "I don't feel good either." And uh, for the next two days, we were both sick—I mean, sick—and so we get off the plane, and we could hardly function. And I was out of breath, and I was dizzy. And I said, when the missionary picked us up, we we told the missionary, "I don't know what is happening, but unfortunately." Uh, I'm not feeling well, and he kind of laughed, and he said, it's just the altitude. It's called altitude sickness, never, never experienced. Has anybody here ever experienced altitude sickness? A few of you. If you've never experienced altitude sickness, uh, you don't ever want to. Uh, there was nothing you could do to help yourself. It is that your body is trying to adjust to the low oxygen, and uh, the only assistance that you really can get is to is to get an oxygen mask and be able to get some oxygen. And uh, so your body's trying to recover. We were sick until they finally took us down from about 13,000 feet elevation down to about 5,500 foot elevation, and we went down into Cochambamba. And And when we went into Cochambamba, Bolivia, it was a whole different world. I actually could function and immediately began to feel better and so I'm looking and we're talking about this and I said why would anybody ever want to live there makes no sense to me why anybody would ever want to live there now I want to take a spiritual look at this because you and I we have to we have to consider uh Sin has its pleasures, but the wages of sin, the Bible says, are death. Sin has pleasure, but the wages of sin are death. And so uh, we look at people that choose to, to live certain lifestyles or do certain things and, and destroy their bodies and, and destroy their lives, destroy their families and their homes and do you ever look at people and just shake your head and say, why would anybody ever want to live like that? It makes no sense. Why would anybody want to live like that? And so I ask myself the question of what is it? Why is it? And first of all, perhaps it's, all they've ever known, maybe it's the life that they've that they've always lived, maybe the environment they were raised up in, maybe uh, their surroundings, maybe uh, it's where their friends are, whatever it may be, but we still ask, why would anybody ever want to live there? And there's something in me that wants to reach out to those people and say, there's more to life, than what you're experiencing. You ever want to just tell somebody that? There's more to life than what you're experiencing. But they often don't want to hear it because it's the life they know. They, they think they they have it the best. It's, it's the way life is supposed to be. You can't, you can't talk to them about it because they are, they're, they're, they're satisfied where they are. They are, they are fulfilled where they are. It's their family, their friends, their lifestyle. And here they are caught into this lifestyle. And they hear you talking, but they don't see anything in you, and that is why it's so important that the church uh, lives in such a manner that when people see what God is doing in our lives, it would cause them to say, hey, I want to live like they're living. I don't want to experience the blessings that they are experiencing. I want what they have in their life. And so this morning, can I present to you and say to you that we need to magnify what we have in Christ, what we have in the Lord. We need to let the world know this is the best life. This is where to live. This is how to live. This is a life that is fulfilled. Now, we look at our text, and it's interesting, and I'm going to try to bring this together this morning, because all through our text, the Bible gives us examples about where Jesus performed miracles, where He went to, what He did. The Scripture said things such as in Mark chapter 9, and He came to Capernaum and then in Luke chapter 3 it said he came to all the country about the Jordan and in Luke chapter 17 it said and as he went to Jerusalem and in verse 12 of of the 17th chapter of Luke it said and as he entered into a certain village And, and all of these scriptures that that talk about where that Jesus went and that he went to a certain place and that he was there for a season and he was there for a time. It even tells us that he went to Jericho, but the interesting thing about Jericho is that Jericho, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jericho was not a place where Jesus ever performed miracles. He never performed a miracle in Jericho. He would go to Jericho, but there was no miracles performed in Jericho. But instead, the Bibles, tells us that as they departed from Jericho, then he performed the miraculous. After they departed from Jericho, I would hate to live in a way, I would hate to live in a place where I could say the the miracles of God and the power of God does not work where I live. But I want God God. I want to live so that the power of God and the miracles of God can happen in my life, the way I'm living, where I am. I don't want Him to say, I've got to leave you to go somewhere else so I can perform the miraculous. I don't want to be part of a church that doesn't experience the miraculous. I want to be part of a church that we show up and know when Jesus shows up, get ready. Miracles are going to happen. He's not going to have to go across Town or to another neighborhood or to another city or to another part of the country, but that miraculous things can happen here. Now, if you study Jericho, you'll find that none of Jesus' miracles were performed there in Jericho. Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan and it says that he was just outside of Jericho he he it was it was just outside of Jericho that Jesus heals the blind man. The city of Jericho was mentioned many times in the Old Testament. The first mention of Jericho uh, in the scripture was uh, in connection with the advancement of the children of Israel from b- the bondage of, of uh, Egypt into uh, the, the freedom uh, of the promised land. And in Numbers chapter 22 Two, the Bible said they crossed the Jordan and they camped in the plains of Moab, just across uh, from Jericho. Jericho would have been a very important city in that day, perhaps. Even the most important city in the Jordan Valley at that time. The spies were sent by Joshua to, in, to, to be, and they were entertained in Jericho by Rahab, for which they were promised protection when the city would be destroyed. Jericho was a city compassed about with walls, it was, it was a place uh, of great walls, but, but worship broke down the walls. Obedience broke down the walls and shouting broke down the walls. Jericho was known uh, as a place of false gods. Jericho was known for moon worship. It was a place of false faith. Jericho is a place of unbelief. It was a place that lacked faith in God. They did not trust God. They looked to all sorts of idols and they looked to uh, everywhere else for worship and everywhere else for uh, their spiritual guidance. But they never looked to God. From the time of the prophets... There was a curse that was pronounced upon the city of Jericho, and then Jericho became a cursed place. Stay with me for a few more minutes this morning, and I want to unveil to you uh, what how this correlates to our life. When you live... In a cursed place, ladies and gentlemen, when you live in a place of unbelief, when you live in a place of false faith, ladies and gentlemen, you are living in a place where God cannot work. And if you are living there this morning and you're living by fear and you've built walls around your life because of fear in your life because you have trusted in everything other than trusting in the Lord and you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you're going to make it on your own, I want to tell you this morning that those walls will come down. I want to tell you this morning there is a better way to live your life. I want to tell you this morning if you've never been filled with a baptism of the Holy Ghost, you need to move out of a place of unbelief and you need to step into the realm of the supernatural and say God, if this is for me, I want you to fill me with a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, there's so many people in the world that are living in false religion and living in false faith and living in a place of unbelief and living in a place without the miraculous power of God. But today I summons you, child of God, why don't you step into the realm of the supernatural Natural. Why don't you walk out of Jericho today and say, I'll leave Jericho behind. I'll leave my fear behind. I'll leave my false faith behind. I'll leave my walls behind. And I'll walk into a place where Jesus can do a work. I want to tell you this morning, you don't have to get a long ways away from Jericho because the miraculous happened just outside of Jericho. If somebody today will step out on faith and say, Hey, I'm not but just a few steps from my unbelief, but I'm stepping out on faith today. I need God to reign in my life. I need God to work in my life. I want to tell you, he will perform the supernatural in your life. Somebody give the Lord praise today. Bible gives us a very clear and easy story to follow in Joshua, the sixth chapter, about Jericho. Jericho was the walled city, and they marched around the walled city of Jericho, and when they shouted, of course, the walls came down. Can I submit to you this morning... That there's some things in our life that will not come down easy. We've got to make up our mind and have determination that I may have to march around these walls for six days and I may have to shout on the seventh day before the walls ever fall. But whatever I have to do, I have to move out of the place of unbelief. Well, pastor, that's just who I am. That's just the way I am, exactly. You're trapped in a city. Because you are trapped in a location, you're trapped in a mindset because of the way you've always been and because you've always been there and because you have become comfortable there. I wonder how many people live in this world without God and they're comfortable in the world without God. I wonder how many people are comfortable in the church without having ever experienced a real supernatural touch of the Holy Ghost because they become comfortable living in the realm of knowing God at a distance and they know God in some area but they've never really stepped into the water. They've stepped in and said, well, it's ankle deep. Well, it's knee deep and this is good enough for me but I wonder how many people never really get in water deep enough to swim in that they can say, come on Lord, baptize me, saturate me, overflow in me. Let your spirit work in my life because they have always lived where they've lived, they've always had it the way they've had it and they feel like there's no need for me to go any further. This message this morning is pretty simple and it's pretty unified in its point but my challenge to you today is would somebody in this house be it a saint or sinner alike today be willing to step out from where you have lived your whole life and say I'm going to step into a new realm. I'm going to step into a new area. I've never been here before but I'm going to go somewhere in God I've never been before. I've lived here and I've been comfortable here but I'm going to step into a new area that I've never lived before. I'm going to step into a realm that I've never lived before and I'm going to let God baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Baptize me with faith. Elevate my walk with Him. Oh, if you're in the room this morning and you want to move to a place you've never been before, why don't you put your hands Together and give God a shout of praise from the bottom of your heart this morning. Lift up your voice, give Him praise, magnify Him this morning. He's worthy of our praise. You got to get outside of Jericho, you got to get outside of convenience. You've got to get outside of of comfort. You've got to move outside of where we have lived our whole entire life because there's some things we have to know. That Jericho was a cursed place. (laughs) Jericho, well, I don't feel that my life has a curse on it. You're cursing your own life but not stepping into the realm that God wants you to live. Mm Mm-hmm. We've got, to, we've got to make up our mind that I would rather deal with the challenge of change than stay where I am. I've lived 47 years. I've had some awesome experiences. I remember standing out at the city park and I remember when we were baptizing people in the city park at our at our, our uh, block party that we had and we were baptizing people and people were receiving the Holy Ghost and my dad was standing next to me and he broke and began to weep standing next to me, put his armor, around me and said, son, I'm glad God allowed me to live to be able to stand here. What an incredible experience. This year, at the beginning of the year in February, we were here on a Sunday morning and the Lord filled 20 people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What an awesome experience. What a great thing. I I preached at a conference in, in, uh, in Central America a few years ago and in one particular night, 13 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I was rejoicing in the Lord for what he had done. I've had some great experiences. I've seen miracles. I've seen God make a way out of no way. But can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that what I have experienced in my life is not all I plan on experiencing. There's still some areas that I've never stepped into, and I'm ready to step into a new area of faith that I've never walked in before. Anybody feel like that this morning? I'm ready to step into a new area of faith that I've never walked in before. I want to step into a new realm of the supernatural that I've never walked in before. And that means I'm going to have to be more consecrated, more dedicated, pray more, fast more, give more, labor more. Whatever I have to do, I refuse to live on yesterday's experiences. But I believe what God has for my future is greater than what I have experienced in my past. I'm moving out of Jericho and I'm moving outside so I can get to where God can do a work in my life. So the scripture says, and I'm quickly closing, the scripture says that when they come outside of Jericho, that there was a blind man that began to cry out to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thy son of David, have mercy on me. And the Lord came to where he was, and the Lord healed his blindness. And then there's an interesting thing in this text. Because he didn't heal him and give him what he needed and tell him now, Bartimaeus, What you need to do is you need to go back to Jericho. But instead, when he healed him, Jesus looks at blind Bartimaeus. He's healed. He's no longer blind Bartimaeus. Now he is just Bartimaeus. And he says to him, go your way. Go your way. issue this morning for so many of us is that we move into the realm of the supernatural. We move into the place where God touches and blesses. And oh, it's awesome. But you know what ends up happening? It's a week. It's two weeks. It's a month. It's the prayer and fasting season. It's the Sunday night service. But after God moves and touches, We pack up our bags, and we go back to Jericho. Well, I'm going back to what I'm familiar with. I'm going back to where I've been before. But I'm challenging somebody this morning to allow God to open our eyes of blindness and be able to see there's more places to live than the cursed place called Jericho. That there is an entire promised land. If the children of Israel would have stopped in Jericho, because understand Jericho was the first city into the promised land. They walked into, they 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 cross over. They're now out of bondage. They're no more in bondage. They cross out of bondage into uh into what is known as the promised land. They had not yet arrived in, in in into the fullness of it, but that they crossed over, they're now no longer have to deal with God's provision, had already allowed them to cross the Jordan River now they're over they're no longer captives and a lot of people stopped there well, I'm no longer a captive. I'm no longer in the bondage that I used to be in. I'm going to stop right here. Isn't this wonderful? I'll stop right here. And they could have taken up camp in Jericho. And the stories of the children of Israel would have been, would have been strategically different because as they would have lived in this place that God never really in, 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 uh, intended for them to live, they would have never been able to walk in the fullness that God really had for them. So what I'm telling you this morning is some of us have been saved, sanctified, set free on our way to heaven and oh praise God. God's doing awesome things. I've marched around the walls. I've seen the walls fall. We took Jericho and we take up camp in Jericho but when they got through Jericho the Lord said now I've got another place for you to go to and it's going to require the next level of fight that you've got to go to because I never intended for you to live in Jericho. Get your weapons together. We're going to go to the next place and you're going to have to fight because I gave you Jericho does not mean that this is where I want you to live for the rest of your life. I want you to go to the next step. Come on somebody. God has blessed us. He's brought us to where we are. But somebody this morning needs to make up their mind. I'm going deeper in God. I'm going further in God. I'm going to do more than I've ever done. I'm going to live where I've never lived. I may be a little bit uncomfortable leaving Jericho but it doesn't matter. I'm getting outside of Jericho and I'm going to let God work in my life if that's you this morning, why don't you get on your feet right where you are? Why don't you put your hands in the air and just begin to cry out to the Lord and let him know, God, I'm not going to stay where I've been. You didn't deliver me for me to camp in a cursed place, but I'm going on the Lord. I'm ready to fight the good fight and move on to the land that flows with milk and honey, to move on to the place of the supernatural. I want you to work in my life, God. Come on, lift up your voice to the Lord lift your voice to the Lord this morning we can't live where there's no hope we can't live where there's no healing we can't live where there's no joy we've got to have deliverance in our life it'll never happen as if we live in the comforts of Jericho but outside of Jericho the Lord is going to perform the miraculous in your life come on hands are raised all over the building today let's exercise a little faith this morning God is wanting to work in the house today. God wants to work in your life this morning. God is wanting to bless you this morning. He's wanting to lead you out of Jericho into a new place today. Anybody ready to walk with the Lord today? Anybody ready to walk with the Lord today? He's calling us. He's calling us this morning. I open these altars today if somebody in the room is not living outside of Jericho. If you're locked in the realm and the walls of Jericho, come on, why don't you step out today? Why don't you step out today and say, I'm coming on out today. I'm coming on out. This is my day. The Lord has spoken to me through His Word this morning. I cannot live here. I'm moving on to the next place God wants to take me to. He's taken me to a higher place in Him. He's taken me to a higher plateau. Come on, respond to what God is wanting to do in your life this morning. Oh, yes. Do you want it this morning?